Holy, it's your boy Jackie Demings. Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I know what you're saying, and calm down. You're probably saying, "Act what episode at man? Should have been here yesterday." Now I gotta tell y'all, man, have some goddamn patience with me, man. Please, I've yo, I've gone through like one of the worst weeks of my life. You might see me on Instagram, like looking like I was having fun, but it was bad content wise. Listen, I'm not going all over the fucking place to go hang out with niggas. Like, listen, I'm actually going for work. Like, actually hanging out and being out in the quote unquote streets, like everybody talk about. It's just like a byproduct. Like, you know what I mean? If I'm in Miami, like, what do you want me to, I can't hide in a hotel room the whole time, but I'm really there to do content. Now, first and foremost, I went to Florida to do content, and this is why I'm upset. And this is why, actually, we don't have an episode for yesterday. This is why this is a makeup episode. I was supposed to talk to two rappers. Won't tell y'all who it is. And this is exactly why I even bringing this podcast to life, I said, man, I can't make this about interviewing people, and I can't rely on anyone. I got to be able to hold this shit down myself. Because before I went to Florida, I talked to two rappers. They're like, yo, act, come through. Let's get this done. We love the pod. We want to be a part of it. Of course, I believed them. Went down there. The day of, and by the way, they gave me the time. I'm like, what? You pick the time, and I'll do, do whatever time you want. You know what I mean? Because, you know, first of all, Rappers don't even wake up before, like, 2 p.m. on like Unless they got some other shit to do, okay? These motherfuckers pick the time. They both fucking cancel on me. Same, the, the day of. They both hit me up like, uh, bruh, I, I don't, I don't do it today. I'm like, you want to do it tomorrow? Uh, yo, holler me in a couple weeks. Now, again, this is the exact reason why, you know, first of all, a lot of rappers fall off. You know what I mean? The, the, the lack of respect for other people's time. You know, the thinking that when someone wants to extend a platform to you, you're doing them a favor as opposed to you're doing yourself a favor. Really huge mistakes that I watch a lot of artists do. And I'll even watch these artists do because when they do need to promote something, you watch how they start jumping through fucking hoops trying to get it done. But when you could have, you didn't. Anyway, I'll get back to that in a little bit. Now, you're probably wondering where the hell I'm at, right? I'm actually back home because I'm tired of this fucking traveling shit. This is my Studio B, right? Studio A is over there, right, uh, where, where you normally see me shoot off the record, okay, with the, the couch and all that. It's actually in construction, okay? So for the next couple of weeks, you're probably going to see me here unless I'm traveling, but I'm trying not to travel no more, man. Yo, traveling is so overrated, like, when Off the Record started, you know, and I talked to Spotify, I'm like, yo, listen, I'm down to go anywhere to go get a good interview, okay? With the exception of, like, Iraq and Afghanistan, okay? I'm going to where it's at, and, of course, Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go wherever it's at to go get this fucking interview with anybody, anytime, okay? Now, it looks good when I see, like, rappers on tour going from city to city, uh, well, they're flying private. I'm fl I'm flying commercial, okay? Every, they're jet-setting daily, you know what I mean? Different hotels, different clubs, different cities, different bitches. I'm like, yo, this is the fucking life. Until I realize and see the two things. Number one, which definitely for sure, I can't pack for shit. Number two, traveling isn't all that fun. It's actually pretty annoying because after day three, man, I was at the mall like trying to search for new underwear, man. 
Like, yo, I had to buy new socks. Yo, I ran out of toothpaste. My little travel size toothpaste was gone, okay? Like, I was buying secret deodorant from the fucking travel section and having a bird bath in a CVS parking lot, okay? Just because I ran out of shit. That is just not fun. That's not what I want to do. And I realize I'm like, yo, academics, you, you work too hard to be doing this. Like, you should be living a better life. So as much as I do love traveling, I'm realizing I do love being the fuck at home. So I'm back here in Jersey, and hopefully I'll be here for the next couple of weeks. But we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I must say this, okay? While in Florida, even though I didn't get a lot of work done, Florida's always a great... I'm trying to get a place in Florida. But really, I'm trying to get a place in Florida on some smart shit. Like, you know what I mean? It could be a place that, like, when I go there, I could stay. But, like, Airbnbs out there, like, I, I stayed at one. Like, shit, I paid an arm and a leg. And I was like, damn, if this house worth this amount is charging this amount, like, shit, I should just buy a house and do the same shit. But regardless, Miami is a place where you, you're going to be on focus, man. There's just too much shit going on. You know, L.A., Right now, L.A. is dead. If anybody's in L.A. and you are, quote, unquote, in the entertainment industry, what L.A. used to be before the pandemic, like 2018, 2019, that is not the case anymore. Everybody has sold their cribs or gave up their condos. They're done with their leases. They're running to Atlanta. They're running to Miami. Everybody's down in Miami, okay? It's nonstop turn up. And as much as I like it, I get to realize it's just not the place where you could get a lot of work done unless you're super focused and you're going to be directly out the way. You know what I mean? So, again, I like Miami, but it's just, it's, I think it's a little bit too much. You know what I mean? Now, I did kick it with some of my homies. Uh, I, I didn't do the yacht this time around. I did the yacht before. I was getting, every day, yo, Miami's such a trip. It's like, yo, hey, let, let's go do a jet ski. Hey, let's go to this party. Let's go to this day party. Let's go here. Let's go. It's every, it's one thing after a motherfucking other. Now, I did go to the shooting range with my homies, and I am so fucking tired of this fucking trend that I'm seeing not only Miami, but especially Miami, but I'm seeing it everywhere. Everybody under like 25 is rocking these little satchels, the little man purse. You know what I'm talking about? Like the motherfucking, like, you know, everybody got like the fucking Dior man purse that goes across the fucking shoulder like a computer bag, except like it's like some miniature shit. And, like, conventional wisdom would think the person has, like, some, I don't know, you have your identification, chapstick, and your keys in there. But apparently that's, like, the, you know, that's, like, the urban dictionary, like, sign for, listen, I got a pistol. Okay? So I've realized that now. And and, and <laughs> all of my homies down there got it. I'm looking at them. They look so ridiculous. Because going to the gun range, you realize that, yo, I never thought a gun could be an accessory to an outfit. Like, literally, hear me out. That little purse you're seeing them rock, the pistol pack, okay, is basically a accessory to the already designer they're dripped in, okay? Number one, 
also in Miami, everybody got a chain. I don't know what it is. Everybody got a chain. Okay? Like, yo, I seen so much change in Miami. I started talking to my, my nigga. I said, yo, they must be getting fake chains because, like, ain't no way everybody this fucking rich down here. Everybody got a chain. Cuban, baguettes, tennis. Yo, everybody got a fucking chain. Everybody got, like, some crazy shit. I've never seen more diamonds than when I'm in Miami, okay? Everybody got a watch. Listen, man, the, yo, AP must be giving them shits away, like, buy one, get, like, five free. Because I've never seen so many watches and this amount of jewelry in my life. And not in New York, definitely not in L.A. But Miami got it all. Anyway, we go to the fucking shooting range, and I'm kicking it with, with some of my little influencer homies. And let me tell you this, man. This is when I realized that little fucking satchel with the, the fucking compartment for the pistol is literally only for fashion, Okay. Because I think they're taking off, though they're taking after the rappers who be rapping about, like, yo, they always keep it on them, blah, blah, blah. Yo, I go to the fucking gun range with these motherfucking designer demons or Dior demons, okay? These goddamn kid killers, man. Listen, these Hermes hitters, you know what I mean? Like, yo, these spicy shooter niggas, man. And as much as they got the purse or the little satchel with the gun in it, Nigga, they don't know how to use a gun. Like, basically, they only got it for fashion. We brought some of these dudes uh, to the gun range, and if you watch my fucking story, these dudes are jumping out their skin anytime they actually hear a gunshot. Which I'm looking at them, I'm like, yo, why the hell do you walk around with a gun? Is it because you're, you're in, like, Florida and you're, you're kind of allowed? Why the fuck you walk around with a gun if you don't even, like, practice shooting the shit? You know what I mean? But anyway... It was the most hilarious shit I've ever seen, but it just it just got me tight, man. Like, I'm tired of the designer wave, especially for the new. It's it's the new age of. I want to say adolescence is like yo, like if you if you under 25, this is what you're doing. Everybody's getting a chain, and everybody's rocking this fucking satchel purse that's supposed to be the place where niggas is keeping their guns. I'm sick and tired of it. Anyway, that shit was, uh, it, it was it an adventure time, okay? Um, what else did I do in Miami? I kept it kind of pretty low-key. I, I went to Club Live for the first time. That was lit. Went to Club Live with Big Draco. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Draco's really outside. Draco's kind of moving a little bit militant. He's everywhere. And by the way, he's having a really good resurgence in his career. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later uh, because he he's on social media going back and forth with Key Glock and, you know, paper route and also some shit with Kanye as well. But I got to be honest, man. I got to retouch up on my Travis Scott opinion. Now, on the last episode of Off the Record, I, I kind of talked about Travis Scott and whether it's his fault when it comes to now nine people dying at Astroworld. I got to be honest with y'all. Travis got to get at least half the blame. I'm sorry. Yo, Travis, I fuck with you. I like you. But you got to get at least half the blame, and I'm going to tell you why. Travis Scott basically, he basically bred an environment for that to happen in. Now, granted, the reason why I'm only saying half of it is his fault is because he created the environment. He encouraged the environment. The other failures go to the other people who probably could have prevented it. Like, for example, security. Like, you know, uh, um, if the medical staff could, you know, uh, efficiently um, um, get to people and do what they needed to do and 
other things, even the police who we saw there was a couple of cops, like, you know, instead of like paying attention to what's going on and people are dying behind them, they're videotaping Drake and, 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 and um, Travis Scott. So those people are to blame too, but we cannot get around this entire like rager, like, like atmosphere and, and culture that, you know, Travis Scott has cultivated that essentially made Astroworld what it is. Like, Astroworld isn't getting 100,000 people if Travis Scott doesn't cultivate an, uh, an environment for having the craziest concerts and the marketing used to be that, like, can you survive this? Like, he was applauding people who passed out. He was applauding people who, who basically got hurt but, you know, lived. And that's one of the, 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 the tricky things where, like, yo, yeah, it seems kind of badass until somebody dies. I even see the same shit at Playboy Cardi concerts. Like, everybody thinks it's cool or nobody thinks that, hey, yo, whether it's Cardi or just the messaging or however it's done, you can't advertise that people are breaking down security barriers to get in the concert. I get it. It makes it seem like the fan base is rabid, but when you advertise that, it's all good and well till somebody when somebody in that crowd that breaks down the fucking security barrier where they had to go through fucking metal detectors, somebody runs in that bitch and tramples everybody and gets in there with a gun. Now that person shoots five people and kills them. Now, is that Playboy Cardi's uh, um, fault? No, just like it's not uh, the fault of Travis Scott for those nine people exactly dying. But it is partially their fault because they allow and they encourage that type of environment, which leads to that. Do you get what I mean? Like, if you don't check it at the gate that, yo, all this trampling rager shit, we going to have, like, hey, if y'all want to have concerts like this, it's just kind of impossible to have 100,000 people. You can't do that with 100,000 people. You're going to have to cap your concerts at like 5,000. Something where it's manageable. But 100,000 people, it's fucking impossible unless you have fucking drones that could fly over people to get to people who are going to be in the middle. Like, it's, it's just impossible. Now, Travis Scott was growing his brand, and he's now an artist who performs in fucking arenas. At some point, he should have saw or foresaw that this was a possibility and try to quell it, okay? And, and, and what does that look like to me? Yo, stop promoting that niggas could sneak into your concert, that y'all going to be over capacity, that is going to be the craziest, like, fuck what anybody else is, is thinking about or going through. Just have the craziest type of fun and also encourage chaos, that's essentially why this happened. You get me? And by the way, to the other entertainers, because I seen um, I seen, I seen SZA was like she just randomly stopped her show. Hey, is everybody good? Are you good in the back? Are you good right there? Listen, let's be clear. And also, you know, I, I seen Tiana Taylor who looked like she was helping a fan in distress. So, so nothing against her. But, 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 but to SZA and and, and to some people say that um, SZA actually does that at every show. Maybe she does. But I'm going to say this. The issues about people dying in the way that they did, and that's why I also hate this narrative about, oh, someone was sticking people with a needle. Because the people that died, we haven't heard about one person that, was, that died from lethal overdosing 
from some weird foreign substance. You get me? Everybody that died literally were trampled upon and basically suffered internal organ damage that killed them. Okay? And when you put certain people who might have already, you know, pre-existing health conditions into that situation, yeah, you're going to have deaths. And when they're getting trampled, like, you got to imagine, like, there was a guy who I think he died trying to save, like, his fiance, and essentially, like, no one's stopping. So, like, for probably, like, 10 to 20 minutes, he's getting trampled. You know, there was a kid on, 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 the, on the shoulders of his father that, listen, he got knocked off his father's shoulders, and his father couldn't get to him. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's screaming. Nobody cares what's going on. It's a culture and an environment of recklessness that don't care and does not, it, like, there's no human regard for life. And I think that's a problem. Travis has to be blamed somewhat for that. What I think should happen. Number one, again, I'm not putting deaths on Travis, but I'm going to put him creating the environment. That's his fault. He has to figure out a new tone for his shows. That shit's a dub. Again, that's what fans want. A lot of them are kids. But you are now at the level where you should realize the risks and you see that like nine people died at your show. There is no real safe way to encourage chaos and mass raging. That's the big takeaway. There's no real safe way. Like, if, if you really watch videos from people that from people who take videos of them in a mosh pit, man, they're constantly pushing each other, swinging on each other, stepping on each other. And again, Sometimes they'll have injuries, but they're able to go home fine. It's on, we only care about shit in hip-hop when somebody dies. That's when people get up in arms. And I think as Travis Scott has canceled apparently like a few performances, he was supposed to perform in Day in Vegas, he canceled that. He was to perform, supposed to perform overseas apparently for like millions of dollars, he canceled that. Because what is a Travis Scott show if he can't wild out like that? What is a Travis Scott show if he has to stop the show every couple of minutes to be like, yo, that kid that just got lost in that mosh pit that I told you how to just turn the fuck up and go crazy, let's make sure he's alive. What's a Travis Scott show then? I think he has to figure out that identity. Because, again, the marketing, to, the, the marketing that allows a lot of these guys to have, like, great careers, sometimes, like, that's the problem. Like, the marketing for his shit is, come here if you want to get the wildest fucking concert. How do you have the wildest fucking concert after somebody died? We will see. So, again, I am putting some blame on him. Um, I, I'm not going to get at him about, like, you know, people saying, yo, well, he knew about, he knew that people died and went to Dave and Buster's. Like, I, I don't think he realized that people were actually dying. I think he thought people were passing out. You know, it was one of the biggest concerts since, you know, uh, the pandemic started. So people are kind of like going even extra hard. So he's probably thinking, hey, people are, you know, that's what I'm hoping. Because there's a very vivid and like kind of eerie video of him like <laughs> singing it up and auto-tuning it whilst, while they're like crowd surfing a lifeless body to the front. It was one of the people that died. And he's just kind of, he's kind of like staring down. He's kind of looking and he's just kind of still singing. You know what I mean? And it looks bad, but again, for one man to know what, Everybody in that crowd was doing 100,000 people. 
I don't know if he knew the nature of the situation, right? So we will see. Anyway. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Man, one of the saddest things I've seen in hip-hop recently, and I kind of got to know this guy in a very interesting way, because if y'all know, man, Casanova two times. Yo, yo, Cass went in my head at one point, man. Yo, Cass really fucking disliked me. And I was always tripped out about him disliking me, because I was like, yo... You know what I mean? It was one of those things where, like, uh, one guy dislikes you because you're friends with his op, and then he makes up with his op, but he still hates you, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, listen, if you squash beef with him, don't it mean you squash beef with me? And um, that was the case for a while. You know, I ran, to, I ran into him at some club in New York, and we actually, you know, we actually had a good conversation, and, and whatever issues we had, we put behind us. You know, from then on, you know, I started to understand Cass a little bit more. And he started to understand me. You know, Cass even kind of started to understand trolling somewhat. You know, Cass invited me to do a video. And, you know, uh, like, he, he sent me the script, and I was like, yo, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a genuine person like that. And, and, and he gave off a lot of genuine vibes to me as well. When I did the video, yo, he was mad appreciative. You know, I think he thought, like, you know, I was going to be on some diva shit. Like, yo, I... You know, like, yo, you got to pay me this, blah, blah. I was like, no, nah, nah, I'll just show up and do the video. I want to get on my, my acting shit anyway, right? And I really went there, and I was going hard, like, when it came to, like, acting and shit like that just to make sure the video could turn out good. And it did turn out good, you know, in terms of, like, if you watch it, I really look like I'm playing the part pretty well. Anyway, the video ends, and Cass says, yo, act. Yo, man, like, I didn't even think you were going to really pop out, and, you know, you were, you were so nice in terms of, um, giving us your time, you're not charging, this and third. Damn, you're really a genuine dude. And he's like, yo, I, I, I do want to um, do something for you, though. He's like, yo, yo, let me bring you out with the fam. We're, we're already going to go get something to eat. Let's go to, like, with some really upscale place in New York. Let's have, like, dinner, whatever the case is, right? And he showed up with, you know, um, his wife, um, his team, you know, and we had dinner. As, I forgot the name of the spot. Julianne, I can't remember the name of the spot. Anyway, the conversations we had there, like, I knew Cass or I got to know him a little bit beyond that rapper shit. And it was just somebody who, again, was dealt probably wrong cards at certain points in his life. And, you know, now that he's in this rap shit, he was just trying to make it. And I remember him saying to me at that time, he said, act. He's like, yo, one of the reasons... Like, when we ran into each other, like, he, he was like, yo, number one, this is one of the reasons I squashed, and this is him talking, this is one of the reasons I squashed the beef with I-6-9, and also when I ran into you while we just had that conversation, because I know I'm on my last chance. And I said, what you mean, Cass? He said, man, Rot Nation done told me, man, yo, you fuck up, we're done with you. This is words that came straight out of his mouth. He says, you fuck up, you get the, you get the cops coming to pick you up for any dumb shit you did, we done with you. And he and I said, no way. He said, yeah, they told me that. And, you know, um, after that, you know, Cass was, you know, Cass has always became uh, uh, someone who, you know, me and him, we talk from time to time. 
you know, I've been supportive of him. But, of course, he got locked up. Um, feels like almost a year ago. And he got locked up on a racketeering charge. And the interesting part about that is that he's been locked up ever since. And I've wondered how his team and his fam are handling and taking it. And then yesterday comes and I see Casanova gets an in, gets his indictment superseded with another indictment that adds on attempted murder. Now, he was already facing life with the racketeering charges, charges of, like, you know, attempted murder. But there was another shooting that they just added on to his case. And I looked at it, and I'm like, damn. Again, I don't know how this is going to pan out in court, but it felt like a rib shot for, you know, someone who's already going through the most already. You know, I'm, I read what Cass posts on Instagram, and I, and I noticed, like, something just very interesting. I had two takeaways. Go look at all of Casanova's posts since he's been locked up. And he got his new Instagram. It's called Big Casanova. Everybody who saw at the Rock Nation brunch with Cass, everybody who saw that was, you know, you know, being like, yeah, Cass, and then, like, they were always with him, popping bottles in clubs. They were showing him a lot of love on the streets. Go look at those posts. You don't see not one of them in the comment section. Not one. Not even one. I dare you. Go go and look in them comments and find a nigga that was hugged up with them at the Rock Nation brunch, even in them comment sections saying, hold your head. So, of course, I, 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 I can't even fathom what Cass is going through. I can't even fathom it because I've never been there. But when I hear him say and he's typing and he's basically saying, yo, listen, niggas haven't reached out, niggas haven't sent this, like people left me for dead, I kind of understand what he's saying. And this is the nature of the industry. And I always always watch it when rappers think they're clicking up or rappers think they're friends and rappers think because they're in a, a club popping bottles together or they text each other or they might shout out each other from time to time or they might fuck the same girl. They think it's more than that. But number one, not only is this shit fickle and most people ain't friends in this industry, nobody wants to talk to you when you got the feds on you. Nope, because you know what? Everybody got their own shit going on. Nobody want to talk to you. And I watch Cass basically, he's looking around like, where, where y'all niggas at? And yes, everybody has disappeared. Now, the second thing I learned in watching that in indictment, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of explain it. The indictment that Cass caught, which is, is superseded as other racketeering charges, Cass is charged with attempted murder, and he didn't even shoot the gun. Now, I'm going to just tell you why, for me, just being in a gang just ain't worth it. Check the story out. The story goes this. Casanova is cooling outside some strip club in Miami. How ironic. Casanova gets asked by a fan, yo, let me take a picture. Casanova takes a picture with the fan, throws up a gang sign. Allegedly, I don't know if he's in a gang or not, but he throws up a gang sign, supposedly. And somebody else who's nearby watches him do it and says, hey, yo, homie, that's the wrong sign. Somebody else saying it to Cass. 
now in the indictment, they, they they claim that person was a rival, but I don't know if Cass knew the person. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Apparently and allegedly, Cass said to him, "Yo, nigga, you want to die today?" And then the dude kind of like, uh, well, I don't know if he 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 reaches for Cass's hand. Whatever it was, there was a guy allegedly with Cass who pulled out a gun and shoots the dude twice. Now, just think about the story I told you. Cass never shot no one. Even the cops acknowledge that. But he's charged with attempted murder. Why? Now, for the, for the cops, it's an open and shut case because this is why they're superseding a racketeering charge for his gang with more charges that claim there was another shooting for the gang. Now, in this one... It don't matter if Cass pulled the trigger. Their proof is, well, Cass was already throwing up a gang sign. He got into it with another person of another gang. And then his gang, his fellow gangmate, or gang, I don't know, like your gang gang, whatever. What do they call you? Or your brother? I don't know what they call. I don't know what they call like your fellow gang members. The other gang member who's in the same gang committed a crime right after you're throwing up a sign. You're getting the same charge too. Now, if that doesn't show why the feds just completely have a chokehold on like just how they could interpret shit, you're going to be faced with these couple possibilities. The easiest one is you about to fold and tell tell on everybody. Or you're about to take a very lengthy plea. Because the feds love giving out football numbers. By the way, salute to my guy, Myron. If you guys don't know, like, you know, I appear on this podcast from time to time. It's called Fresh and Fit. And, um, you know, one of their uh, hosts, uh, Myron, he's actually a former DHS agent. And I think DHS is Department of Homeland Security. So they're the feds. Now, he used to work for them, but obviously, you know, like, listen, I don't think they're getting paid that well because he definitely quit to do YouTube, right? But he said this. He said, man, when the feds come after you, the feds are cloud chasers, number one. So especially the FBI. The cloud chasers. So they'll have a hard-on for you just because you have a name, because they'll make headlines. Number two, they only like to give football numbers. They don't want to give you no five years, three years. They want to give you 15, 25, 35. And if you listen to the story of Casanova, Casanova always was saying in interviews, he was on his last strike. So now there's three options. He has to cooperate, which I, which I already think not going to happen. It's Casanova, right? The other two possibility is that he's going to have to take a plea, which they probably won't give him anything below 20. Cass is approaching 40. By the time he get out, he's going to be 60. Or he could try to beat the shit. And if he tries to beat the shit, he probably has a 2 to 3% chance just based on the conviction rate. That's some scary-ass motherfucking thing to think about. You feel me? So, again, when I look at it, and if, if, if I'm looking at what the feds claim they have on him, the feds claim they have on him basically him just being in a the gang. They don't have him doing nothing violent. They don't, they're not even saying he shot nobody. They're just saying that he's with the people and claim the same gang of the people 
who are really selling the drugs, really shooting the people, and that's why he's in charge. That's enough for me to say, listen, I'm good on some gang shit. But uh, the feds are pretty active out here, man. Really active out here. I see, I see how they're moving. Um, think about the people who are caught up in feds right now. We got wife and Lucci. We got, uh, well, Fredo Bang, he just got out, I believe. I believe that was the feds. Um, who else would they have? Fetty Wap. Um, NBA young boy, he's on house arrest. Um, Hot boy, Casanova. The feds are actually doing a lot of police work. And they're doing it more than local police. So, listen. And I don't even want to speak this into existence, but I, I fear for Dirk. Because, again, just watching uh, some similarities with these cases, just like what they did to um, Casanova, I could see them trying to bring up Dirk in some shit. Remember, they just arrested a bunch of people that they're claiming is in an O-Block gang, right? And they are probably looking for reasons to try to lump Dirk or other people into that. It's the feds. You get me? Think about it. They they knew about the shooting this whole time and uh, for Cass, and they didn't charge him with it until they locked him up for over a year. So, again, they never have any timing. And it could come at any time, and they could supersede whatever they want. So, you know, I pray for everybody, but, like, I, I, I think about people like Dirk, young boy, I feel like they're always, you know, on the radar of somebody, and I hope they move accordingly because, hey, if everything I'm hearing about the feds is true, the feds can't wait till they grab one of those people, right? Now, y'all got to tell me when, I don't know, it's like, when did Will Smith become lame? Like, Will Smith, I just thought was like one of the dopest, you know, examples of being a man. Like, in a very long time, you know, like you, we applauded the fact that he was still married to his wife, that, you know what I mean, he had his kids within wedlock, that, you know, he was trying to bring his son into acting and support his music career. And, you know, he's aged kind of gracefully in this entertainment business. And I, I think we kind of applauded all of that shit. You know, like, we, we we looked at even Will, like, even in a movie like The Pursuit of Happiness, and I think I kind of looked at that as, like, that's kind of like Will in real life. And I'm thinking Will is this, like, really dope-ass nigga. But in the last, like, it feels like a year, and and, and this is a reason why sometimes, like, you know, you got to keep your business. Well, I mean, I, I'm guessing they probably don't care because they're probably, like, monetizing this whole thing. But that's why you got to keep your business yourself sometimes. In the last year, with Jada and his fucking red pill table talk or red table, whatever the hell that is, all she's done is make Will look like the lamest nigga on earth. I've never seen such a thing before. It's like she don't even give this nigga a compliment. You know what I mean? Like, it's always something, it's like a backhanded compliment special. Like, everything she says about him, you're like, damn. Like, she's salivating over Tupac. Like, come the fuck on. You know what I mean? Like, and then Will, Will doesn't help himself out. He's admin to this shit. This thing is said, yo, uh, man, I don't even think, I don't even, oh, wait, what, what was the quote? He says, he says, it was an illusion that we could make each other happy. And we're like, nigga, what? 
It's like he's admitting defeat to say, I can't make my woman happy. It's like he got no ego. And and maybe that's like a really good thing because, you know, sometimes the downfall of many men is an ego, but God damn it. It's like he's almost basically telling her, please, go fuck another nigga or something like that. It just it just seems weird, and maybe Will is just at a, a, a different place of um, um, peace. But I don't even think it's peace because, like, you know, I think, you know, he just came out with either Booker, some type of, you know, uh, a long form of him telling his side. And the dudes told me how he was tripping on psychedelics, mad times, having tantric sex with her. Like, he was jealous of Pac, like... Jesus, like, again, this is just proof that what you see as couple's goal and what you see as maybe perfection is only perfection when you don't know what the fuck is going on. And it led me to think, because you, you, you know how many rappers used to say they won that Will and Jada relationship? Let me even think, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Shit, everybody thought that was the most perfect relationship until uh, um, um, Beyonce came with Lemonade and basically said, oh, that nigga cheated on me. But what what we've seen from, like, you know, even Beyonce and Jay-Z is that ever since then, they shared that one, like, private moment. They haven't said shit about what's going on with them since. It feels like this red table talk shit got Jada spilling the tea so much that it's impossible for Will not to look lame. It's, it's crazy. I kid you not. I don't know what to say. And the kids are on some other shit. Like, I really don't know. I really don't know. But, um, Will, I don't know if Will is depressed at this moment or he's just, like, living in his truth. They live, obviously, like, different lives, and I can't really, like, judge them. But Jesus Christ, man, he does not seem like the Fresh Prince that I thought we all grew up and loved, to say the least. Now, um... Jeez, it's about time this one happened. Yo, this is a week of Soldier Boy, man. Soldier Boy um, finally got his apology from Kanye. Kanye put that up on Instagram and he said, yo, listen, Soldier, respectfully, my bad, I should have told you that I didn't like your verse or that I wasn't going to put it on Donda. And of course, you know, Soldier Boy, despite what he said about Kanye, which was some really mean and nasty shit, but that's like Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is like the person, he's kind of like me a little bit, where it's like, you'll say the worst shit just to hurt a motherfucker's feelings, but it's because you're kind of hurt, right? And it's like, like all he wanted, like all Soldier Boy wanted was was for um, Kanye to say sorry. And as soon as Kanye said sorry, he's like, yo, I love you, yeah? Like he says the worst things about him. He's like, yeah, that's why your chick was getting fucked. That's why this was happening. That's why you broke. Look at your head. Like he was going in. But he gets an apology. He's like, oh, I love you. Now, that moment was like kind of um, um, short-lived a bit just because um, Socha Boy gets into it with uh, Young Dolph and Key Glock on my page, right? First of all, Key Glock just dropped an album. <laughs> Yellow Tape 2, it's actually pretty good. I don't think there's no features on it. But he had like this promo of having like this 3D billboard, just kind of fire, okay? Now, he put that out, and he actually at Soldier Boy basically saying, I'm the first to do this. Now, allegedly, Soldier Boy saying he did this shit before, okay? Soldier Boy did everything before. But Soldier Boy said he gave him a pass. Now, Dolph got up on his Instagram. By the way, if you don't know, Key Glock is signed to Dolph. 
they're what makes up pretty much Paper Route Empire, P-R-E. Dolph gets on Instagram and says, yo, what independent rapper getting 100000 a show like me? And basically, Soulja Boy got up on Instagram and said, nigga, that's Cap. You're not independent. You're signed to Empire. Now, it led a whole bunch of conversations, and I'm glad that I get to, because I love topics like this. Is Dolph independent? And it's kind of a complicated answer. Because I used to think it was cut and dry. Independent, where a lot of fans think about it, means you have zero fucking label. When I mean zero label, like you ain't signed to nobody. Like you're literally uploading it yourself. But that's not necessarily independent, right? Independent technically means you aren't with one of the major labels. What are the major labels? Sony, Universal, and Warner. Now, does Dolph have a deal with Empire? Yes. Does that make him not independent? If we go by the last definition I just gave. It depends. Now, let me tell you why. Before, there was another company called, uh, and by, by the way, all of these companies, like, let me, let me give a real good explanation, actually. About 10 years ago, shit got a little weird. Okay, and what I mean shit got a little weird is that like major labels started to realize they were losing. If the stigma became, if you were a independent artist, you were winning as opposed to if you were on a major, you were pretty much let's have this big ass machine and fans didn't want to support you as much. So if fans felt you were independent, people like, supported you more, right? Like, we saw a bunch of people come up during that time. Um, was Mac Miller in that? I think I think so, right? Matt Miller, um, Chance the Rapper, uh, who else? Nipsey. Uh, There's a bunch of people who were, like, independent, right? Fans were going crazy for them because they, they felt that was the only way to close the gap of them competing with a major artist. Now, what happened is that some of these motherfuckers were signed. And then also what happened is that there was a new type of deal structure coming into hip-hop. For example, 300 Entertainment became a new label. Lear Cohen left a big label to go create 300 Entertainment. Now, 300 Entertainment have the same music executives that are big heavyweights, but they're not a part of the... Universal, Sony, and Warner Club. So really, is it independent? Technically, yes. Same with a company called Alamo. Todd Moskowitz went over there. Now, with that particular company at Alamo, they eventually sold um, to, or, or they got like consumed pretty much by uh, either U yeah by UMG because Interscope pretty much like took them under. But most of these companies, including Empire, and let me just explain what Empire has been. It's been a independent music distribution label for a while, but it does have ties to major labels. Now, do they work Dolph shit through a major label? I don't know. And maybe they don't. They probably don't. But Empire does have a partnership with Universal, and that partnership is supposed to help Empire work some projects for um, um, Empire work certain projects for UMG 
but I don't know the full nature of the projects. So it's one of those things where is when people used to question if Chance the Rapper was independent, they used to say, well, if you're distributed through Sony Red, that's a major. And he said, well, I'm only using that for distribution. Again, these days, people's label might not be underneath one of the major labels, but they have some type of association. I guess I say all that to say they're both right. Technically, Paper Route uh, uh, Empire is, is actually independent. So Dolph is independent if he's only using Empire for distribution. And technically, Soldier's right too because Soldier literally doesn't even have a distribution deal to put out music at this point. So Soldier is in the, the truest sense independent, but Dolph is also independent by the technical term of the definition as well. That probably went over some of your heads, but again, it's very complicated. By the way, I'll give you another thing. Alamo Records. They were independent at a while. There was a time I used to be playing 2K with Dirk on Twitch. Dirk was on Alamo. Alamo later got, uh, had a partnership and now is owned by Interscope. There's something called an upstream. You start on the smaller label that's kind of indie until you get a record that pops off and the bigger label takes you under their wing. Interscope works all of Dirk shit now, which is a major. So he started on an indie but it gets upstreamed once he becomes a bigger artist. Okay, it happens a lot. Look at Asylum. Asylum is basically the, it's not, it's not indie at all because it's actually owned by Atlantic, um, but Asylum is the baby brother to Atlantic. If it's an artist that's not premiered that you wouldn't sign directly to Atlantic, you put on Asylum. It's the D-League, okay? No disrespect. If you make it out of that shit, you get on to Atlantic. Now, if somebody's on asylum, they might say that they are independent, even though kind of technically are they, but whatever. But if their shit pops off and Atlantic picks it up, they're not independent, definitely not. It's a very complicated situation, but again, it really all goes into fans' perspective, and that's why they're actually even going back and forth and beefing. Because if fans think that you sign, they're going to feel like they don't have to support as much. But if they think you're independent, they're going to feel like they got to stream you all the time, they got to make shit happen, which is actually sad that, you know, even in today's climate, you have to play mind games with the audience to get maximum support, all right? So I saw that quick back and forth between them, and um, that shit surprised me to say the least. Anyway, uh, um, uh, listen, I, I, did, I did have to address, like, you know, uh, I don't even know if this is beef. Really, I, I, I think I respond in the best way on Twitter. Uh, I, I, there's a crackhead who um, escaped literally the mental asylum, like literally, okay? And he's on the loose. You know, I've called the nurses. I told him, nurse, get him. He's out. You know, you know I mean, he's off the meds again. You know what I mean? He's got, he's got out. And he's out tweeting out nonsense and in the most pathetic stance. And this is why I don't even want to go at him because I feel pity for him. He's on Twitter, like, trying to diss me. And then right after he disses me, he tweets out a song he hopes people checks out. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the one-hit wonder known as I Love McConan. I Love McConan 
if you don't know and you're not familiar with him, he was signed to Drake's OVO label for one song. And Drake only signed him for that song. It was called Club Going Up on a Tuesday. Drake remixed it, took the song, dropped it, and this guy who thought he had a promising career on OVO realized the realities of the business. After your hit is washed up, nobody wants nothing to do with you. I think he even said in an article that, listen, Drake didn't even want to be around the nigga. Sorry, go get hit, and we like to be around you. Anyway, he was on Twitter basically just kind of talking a bunch of nonsense. He said he's, I'm the reason, he's the reason why I'm here or, or I have a career, whatever the case is. And McConan, bro, I just want to say this to you. It's always unfortunate watching, like, you guys fall off. Because I literally sit around and watch, and there's a handful of people who have fell off really badly, and you're on that list. And that's why I assumed you were at that mental institution. Because, like, the nonsense you usually talk, like, you can't be right in the head. And, I heard, and you've given your stories about drugs as well. So, you know, that little crackhead behavior, I get where it goes. But I honestly feel bad for you. That's why I don't even want to roast you right now. I feel bad for you, dog. Listen, I would also make up different theories and go a little bit schizophrenic if I thought I had a, the hottest song in the fucking world. I signed to Drake. I would think my life is about to change for the better. And all of a sudden, my career goes nowhere. Even the guy who signs me don't want to be around me. You get dropped like a fucking hot potato. I get it. And I can't really explain to you what happened. Only that, bro, baby, you just weren't that talented. I also seen you say, oh, you started that gay shit. By the way, this is why he, he's really mad at me because I said, hey, I think he's talking about Lil Nas X. By the way, you don't have to confirm that. You were talking about Lil Nas X. By the way, Lil Nas X gets the, the amount of attention he gets for him being gay or him like joking around with his sexuality is what you thought you were going to get when you came out and said you were gay. Because you probably really thought you were fearless and you thought you were you were trying to take a, a, a you were going to be the first to quote, unquote, start the gay shit. But nobody cared about you. You weren't that funny. You weren't that charismatic. You were just weird. Weren't making hot songs. Drake didn't want to be around you. He took your only song. And at that point, we were just looking at you. You just looked like a weird blob. You went away. Lost some weight. We probably lost your talent, too. And ever since then, you've just been ghost. You're like one of the motherfuckers on Twitter who keeps trying to get credit for, oh, you were talented. Well, nigga, shut the fuck up and make a hit. And then you sit around trying to play victim like the industry has done something to you. Let me tell you how this industry works, McConan. No one gets nothing that they feel they're owed. You work for it and you take it. So for all the, 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 for all the opportunities or you thought that, oh, you didn't get a fair chance or niggas didn't, like, allow you to. No, nigga, you just weren't that guy. Sorry to tell you, brother. Talent beats everything. And if you would have came back with another fucking hit, I could say whatever about Lil Nas X. I didn't think he was going to come back with another little jingle. He did. 
They were trying to get him out of here after Old Town Road. Everybody said, one hit wonder, get him out of here. But you know what? He got a personality. He could engage with people. He started building up a little fan base. He got a little cult going on. He know how to trigger people. He gets reaction. He's a troll. You're just fucking weird. I'm sorry. And over those 50 retweets and likes that you got from trying to say something about me, not one of those motherfuckers is going to go listen to your new song that you also tweeted right after that. You got to get it through your thick skull. Niggas like you need to make better music. That is it. Don't blame. Nobody want to hear your war stories. You started this gay shit. What gay shit you started? Was you the first thing to get fucked in the ass? I don't think so. How did you start it? Wait, in hip-hop? You're not the first gay person in hip-hop. You're just mad because you ain't get special treatment that you're thinking others are getting. Sorry. Lil Nas X is just a little bit more charismatic. Makes better music than you. That got to kill you. Because niggas like you ride around telling everybody, oh, I'm talented. It's just that niggas never really let, let me do me. You're fucking garbage. Okay? And before the next time when you're fucking itching and fiending for that fucking crack rock and you decide to pick up your phone to send out a message again, go in the fucking studio and hope it's another fucking Tuesday that you could come up with a goddamn hit, nigga. Nurse, get this fucking nigga out of here, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. But anyway, um, Cody, I didn't want to do it to you, brother. Like, <laughs> I really feel bad for you. Like, you've been irrelevant for mad long. Like, I want to I wanna do a reality show with you, you and a couple other niggas. What the fuck does irrelevant niggas like McConan do on a daily basis? You know, I've been doing this silent study, and I don't know if nobody knows this. You saw these younger rappers who I helped promote, and some of them became really big and they fell off. I'm studying how the, their mindset has now gotten fucked up. Also, I'm trying to help them as well. I'm trying to tell them, hey, it's over. Hey, did you save your money? Hey, these are other things you could pivot to. Because it's really easy to believe that you're going to be here for 10 years. And when you look at the careers of the people you were talking about, Drake been here for 15. When you're talking about, oh, yo, you wrote for this person, nobody give a fuck about that. Nobody give a fuck about what, who you used to be cool with. No. Where's the fucking music? And I hate motherfuckers like you because you live in denial. When your shit's, listen, if your shit was hot, people would take on to it. It's not that you're not getting a chance. Your shit not hot. Because when niggas didn't want to like you and you had the shit, they still gave you the chance. They still played your song. But you ain't get a song since then. There's a lot of you niggas. I just put y'all in the mental institution of, for, of fell off niggas. Y'all are all there delusional, still thinking it's the year y'all are popping. Y'all walking around like drones, still probably off the crack rock that probably got y'all there because delusion definitely helps play a part. When you can't tell the ship is sinking and you still think that the rock is going up, you fucked up. So McConan. 
if you want to come on the show, since you want to promote shit, I will actually invite you. Because I f- actually fucking pity you. And the mere fact that you fell off, and nobody will even give a fucking ear to hear your fucking sob story, I'll do you one fucking favor. And I'll sit here with a box of Kleenex and wipe my tears of laughter while you tell me how the fuck you went from going up on a Tuesday to being fucking down bad tweeting on a fucking Wednesday. Sorry, my brother. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, listen, and the last thing I'm going to talk about before I get out of here. Um, yo, y- have y'all seen this fucking photo floating around of uh, Nicki Minaj? Like, Nicki Minaj and her husband apparently took some picture of them standing side by side, okay? Nicki's facing the wall, and the dude is standing with his hands to his side facing the camera. And allegedly, they had sent this to the court. I don't know how it got out, but they allegedly sent it to the court. We've never seen these pictures. And by the way, like, I had to look at this a million times. This is indeed uh, uh, Onika Minaj, or Mariah. I don't even know her real name, but Nicki Minaj, and Kenneth Petty, a.k.a. Big Zoo. Now, the caption of this fucking picture is Nicki Minaj and her husband handed this photo to the court to prove that they are not rich and thus to get a reduction of the $20 million they should pay Jennifer. Apparently, the couple knows that they will lose a case, and now they only have to pay and don't want to deliver the $20 million. Now, I think that's cap, uh, first of all. I think Nicki Minaj probably has some of the best lawyers. They're not doing a pity party to, to try to not pay $20 million. Also, there's no judgment that they got to pay $20 million yet. So there's no, like, sensible, high-paid lawyer that I would believe would be telling Nikki, hey, take a picture of you and of you and your guy looking bummy. But I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Um I, it's interesting watching how Nikki's maneuvering through the, the la- later stages of her career. I don't know if it'll tarnish anything, but she was also caught up in this headline about, hey, she's a gang member, right? She's getting associated with, you know, some serious gangs. They're calling her a gang member. They're calling her a thug. Um, she's being sued for $20 million. And we're seeing these less than flattering pictures of someone who we consider a queen. And it looks kind of just like embarrassing. It looks ghetto. It looks tacky. And for somebody who we expect at this point, like, you know, I'm not saying she should be like a diva like Mariah Carey, but she should be moving above the fray to see like her kind of she seems regressing in certain type of, you know, aspects in ter- terms of behavior. I don't want to see a 40-year-old woman prove to me she could hang out in uh, on the blocks. Like, why is Nikki hanging out in the hood? Now, she could do what she want to do, but I feel like, you know, some of the behavior is kind of being encouraged by, you know, either who she feels she is or she's trying to appear to be, or perhaps that maybe that's what she's into, given the fact that this is who she is married to. Regardless, I kind of feel bad for, like, you know, uh, well, I don't feel bad for the barbs because they defend anything, but actually I don't feel bad for any of this situation. I think it's hilarious. Like, what the fuck am I saying? Wait, wait, Me feeling bad for this situation? Listen, Nicki Minaj, is, she's a legend, right? So I'm not trying to take that away from her. But this is fucking hilarious in the sense of Nicki is out here trying to prove 
and not she trying to prove something to somebody, but she don't give two fucks about her legacy. And I'm wondering where this train is gonna end because she already got a kid. I would think this would be time for her to, you know, get away from certain imagery, embrace other imagery that could surround the queen having a child. But I think she loves the thug shit. And again, it's one it's one of those things. Where I'm like, maybe she just like ghetto ratchet shit. I'm sorry. So I'm watching this whole thing. I don't think she's going to pay $20 million, but I do think she's going to have to pay something. Like, the details of the case from what I'm hearing. Yo, Nikki and her husband, like, again, I don't know if homie did whatever they're accusing him of doing, but not even accusing, he's convicted of doing, right? But he's now coming back to say, I didn't do that. And what I did with that woman that I was convicted of, of years ago, was consensual, right? And basically, based on that, it looks like they're going to try to fight the case, but I still think with all the harassments, with all, like, again, it's a victim, and they already have gotten a judgment on file. I don't know if they're going to remove his sexual offender status, but I could see some money being paid. If they acknowledge that they talked, and if the woman has proof that they talked or try to force her or harass her or bully her, which all sounds like Nicki Minaj's tactics, if they could prove that, I could see them getting a check. Now, $20 million seems excessive, but we'll see how that turns out. Regardless, listen, come on, Nikki. You got to walk with grace, and you have to, like, it's been a little bit embarrassing for Nikki recently. The cousin with the balls thing, her getting dragged by all the mainstream outlets. Granted, I, I agreed with some of the skepticism she had for the, the, the vaccine and her being able to vocalize that, but she came off looking kind of ghetto and, and a little bit, I won't say stupid, but... Ghetto and, and um, um, just not educated in just spewing out random theories that were definitely unsubstantiated. And I get it, she's a rapper, but come on, man. Come the fuck on. You get me? Secondly, this whole, like, thing with her husband, it just gets nastier and nastier, and it never goes away because you're constantly reminded of what he allegedly did, and you're constantly reminded that Nicki Minaj is standing with him and also basically is maybe bullying a victim, which I don't think is cool. So anyway, hopefully they get that squared away, but uh, that picture was fucking hilarious. If you want to go look it up, uh, I don't even know if I'll post it on my Twitter, but that shit is hilarious. Anyway, uh, I will see you guys next time on Off the Record. Hopefully I'll have a guest that doesn't fucking flake on me. Otherwise, you'll hear the beautiful sounds of your boy DJ Academics and... Uh, as like I always like to say, I'm out.